0: Welcome to Spielin' and Dealing, the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And with me today, as always, is my right-hand man, Ramin Forgani, the producer and moderator of the podcast. Ramin, how are you doing, sir? I know you had some finals this week. I think you're, uh, you're about ready to get the heck out of Georgia and relax for a little bit, huh?
1: Yes, I am getting ready to yeah, get Athens Finals are over mercifully, and uh we're getting ready some good get some more time. go see some good basketball, maybe visit my uh old high school over there north to see what they're up to in a weekend game. But for right now, we have episode thirty seven of Spielin' and dealinging and I forgot to ask you, Carl, how are you today?
0: I am doing pretty well been keeping busy as always, but before we jump right into it. I want to uh, announce some exciting news that we would like to thank our spielin' and dealing podcast sponsor, Sportal Space. Sportal Space helps teams find gyms and fields for practice or training and makes booking a gym as easy as finding a restaurant on Open Table or a hotel on Expedia. Check out Sportal Space, every practice, every game.
1: Thanks to Sportal Space, our sponsors for spieling and dealing, and now onto the podcast. I want to spread it around this week, Kyle, and uh, we have not talked about Class A Public really at all throughout this season, and you know, we're all in the spirit of tri- spreading the love, and so you have your rankings obviously up, but give me a breakdown of Class A Public.
0: Class A Public is always one of my most favorite to check out, just because it's just it's just really interesting because these are places that you can't find on a map um but there's really good talent in these really rural areas and uh i think we'll we'll start off looking at the boys of course in Calhoun County's ranked number 1 and for good reason uh, they lost to Wilkinson County in the state title game last year uh uh, Rayshon, uh Williams he is their their go-to guy he is going to south florida a 66 wing that is just a really good uh scorer and can get to the basket and just bully people over very athletic uh, and he leads a really balanced attack over there with uh, Calhoun County. So they're the they're the easy number one. Uh, no surprise there. They've been taking care of business. But the number two ranked team in the state, Central Talbotton, that is someone that I I think they have a chance. They could do some damage this year. I don't know if they're gonna they're gonna win the state championship, but they are playing some dang good basketball. And our Rob Grubbs, trekked down there to see them play Dooley County last night in a battle of unbeatens, and it was Central Talbotton that took care of business. That is a good team. I've, I previewed these, uh, two, these two just animals uh, earlier in the season and, in, and even in the summer months, playing with the Middle Georgia Raptors. Jaquavius Tane-Smith is his nickname, Tane, and Zytavian Hill, both of those guys, can be found in our rankings. I think Zytavian Hill's about number 13 ranked small forward, something like that, and then Smith is about the 18th ranked shooting guard. Both of those guys are seniors, and they can really, really play. Smith had 29 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, and Hill, who is just an absolute man-child, one of the hardest-playing players in the state, if not the hardest-playing player in the state. And, I mean... I, I, I would not be ashamed or, you know, to to even call him and crown him the the hardest playing player in the state because I he brings it every single night. He had twenty-nine points and fourteen rebounds. He is an absolute double double machine. And then they got the third head of that attack. Javars Copeland had nine points and six rebounds last night. So if you want to read about that game, please visit sandyspiel.com. Uh Rob Grubbs has a great, great story up on it. And uh, you know, in general, they just won seventy-five to sixty-eight was the score. Uh, they they pulled it out after uh, Dooley County made a run at them. Jarquavius Brown is a, a really good player at Dooley County for the Bobcats. Twenty-five points, four rebounds, and five assists. But I really like Central, and that's a team that's really going to do some do some damage in Class uh, Class A public. And just two other teams I really want to hit on real quick. I don't want to spend the entire podcast on Class A Public which is really exciting but they they do need the love but number 3 Macon County uh they opened up at number 2 I think I dropped them just one spot just because Central's just been taking you know taking care of business they're playing more games uh, Macon County's only played two games as of heading into this week and Central Talbotton, they're you know they're now 9 and 0 with this this last win Macon County has Clayton Jenkins another Middle Georgia Raptors guy, uh, a lefty that can really shoot the ball, and he he averaged about 24 points a game last year, prolific scorer. They have some other key pieces that are going to be X factors. they got to bring it every single night. I think Trey Brown is the name of one of their players. I believe he's a, a wide receiver. Even on the football team, he brings some uh, about 6-4 inside, can rebound and score around the paint. So Macon County's really good. But Woodville-Tompkins, I'm telling you, they're, they're coming out of the Savannah area. Lenny Williams coaching up a storm over there in his first year on the job. They have just been handling their business nonstop, game in and game out uh they had some big results uh last week they beat montgomery county 67 63 so they flip with them montgomery county goes down to number five this week but woodville Tompkins number four preston crisp he is averaging close to 20 points per game about a 6-4 wing he's been doing a lot of good stuff they got a lot of a lot of nice pieces over there that chip in here and there and coach lenny's got them playing great basketball so Keep an eye on them in the Santa region they have taken the crown from Trutland. Trutland is they're out of the, the top 10 for good reason they're just not they're not playing good basketball right now and uh, Woodville Tompkins is surging. so we'll see if they peak too early. There's a ton of basketball to go, but the Wolverines are looking really good down on the coast.
1: Of course, keep your eye on Class A public for all the moving that's going to go on throughout the season. That's a fun classification to keep track of. But I want to take it up to 4A. You have a sidebar poll up on the website. Who would win in a rematch in Class 4A on the boys' title between Ups and Lee and St. Pius? Ups and Lee, 8-0, undefeated thus far. St. Pius, they are um, 7-1. and They're one loss coming to out-of-state opponent in a uh, team from Memphis when they went up there to play in Memphis, I believe. Um... So Ups and Lee, St. Pius, they do not meet in the regular season, Kyle. What's it going to take for Upson Lee, or St. Pius, I should say, to eclipse Upson Lee for that number one spot?
0: I mean, they've been playing as good of a schedule as you could possibly play, so they are doing everything in their power to be battle-tested and be ready when they, I mean... I don't want to say when they see them again because trust me, Coach Parr, you know came back with the Belichick stuff and you know we can't. We're just taking it day by day. We we just want to. We just want a good practice. Upsalio is hands down the favorite. Got to love that that humble attitude. Got to keep the guys focused. A lot of crap can happen from here till you know when March. We're we're not even in the new year yet, so there's there's plenty of opportunities for these teams to get upset. You never know what's going to happen with the injury here or there uh but right now those two teams are playing the best basketball in class 4A, and it's by a wide margin now what would it take for saint pius to knock off ups and lee well we've seen their their guard play is excellent matt gonzalo gets better every single year he's now a junior uh he can score a little bit more now he's getting you know looser and looser freer and freer in that offense i feel like and when they get up and down he's so good their press is just very dynamic uh, you got Everett Lane is just uh, again one of those ultimate premier competitors and just a big shot maker three point three point maestro had seven in the state tournament. Got to get them going. But if they really want a chance to beat Upson Lee, I think it's going to have to start with the inside play. We know you got to stop Ty Fagan, Middle Tennessee State lefty. You're going to have to somehow try and slow him down, I guess, try and make him a three-point shooter instead of letting him craft his way to the basket. Easier said than done. But Trayvon Walker uh that is that is a big issue in the paint i hear he might be up to six foot six now the five star defensive end recruit that just is a you know probably the best rebounder in the state of georgia how does saint Pius make sure they can handle him keep him off the glass and even earn second chance opportunities uh if there's a a miss on the perimeter shot selection for uh, the golden lions how do they do that Kennedy Willis has to be big. He's about six eight, six nine. He looks, you know, he's every single bit of it. He is long and lean. He's gotta continue to improve his game. That that physical element against Trayvon is just a lot to try and handle for a guy of his stature. He's gonna have to bring it. And then Zach Ranson, I think he's a really good rebounder, but he's an undersized six three power forward. So those two, if they can somehow grab st pie some extra chance opportunities block some shots around the rim and uh provide some offense on the you know on their own uh whether it's those offensive rebounds or even some post touches if they can somehow get trayvon walker into foul trouble that could really hurt uh ups and lee but i mean ups and lee they're such a willow and machine we've only talked about two players they still have zyrie scott uh cameron trailer just they're a very good team they're a very good team and they got the addition of the kid from Florida Jarrett Jarrett uh, Addington or something like that he's uh, another athletic piece on the wing but uh, we'll have to see how it all plays out but those are two teams that I would really love to see play each other again
1: and I'm looking at the middle of your boys ranking class 4a class 3a we have number eight Cartersville and number six calhoun um in 4a and 3a respectively and they're sporting records of zero and zero is that a typo kyle
0: that is not i mean cartersville they thought they were gonna win another state championship and they should have but they got bounced in the uh i don't know second round third round of the state playoffs but i guess it was blessed trinity i want to say a massive 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 upset that snapped i don't know how many wins 30 wins 30 game winning streak something crazy like that uh but uh yeah so that's why they they figured okay well we're not gonna have our football players and cartersville usually has a lot of football players on the roster so they were just you know sitting at home for almost a full month saying well we got no football games but at least we have about a full month of practice before we open the season. So if Cartersville doesn't come out sharp in their season-opening game, that's going to be very, very, very disappointing. Considering how everybody else opened the season with about four practices and a bag of chips, and that was it. So uh, Cartersville, if you know, I expect them to come out, you know, getting off to a hot start with Jalen Pugh going to Furman, and then you ask about Calhoun. Well, Calhoun just won their controversial state title in Class 3A beating peach county so they they pushed their games back because they're just like cartersville always in the hunt for a state championship in football and that led to what happened they did win a state championship in football and then uh luckily they were going to play their first game against chatuga on the saturday right after their state championship game on friday but that got canceled uh pushed back because of the snow and they just opened up uh last night it was 50 to 38 they beat north murray and who were the catalysts on that team it was all the football players davis allen inside porter law uh All those guys, Kalen Aker in the mix as well. I'm not sure if he plays football, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does. But that's why these teams, they push their schedule back because they think they're going to win a state championship in football, and it usually plays out that way. But for Cartersville, it didn't, which I guess can be a blessing in disguise. They should be able to open up the season. I think they open against Paulding County. I'm not sure if that's correct or not. But uh, they should come out sharp since they've had a lot of time to practice underneath their belt.
1: As you mentioned, the snow put a damper on um, some games this week and through the last, you know, this weekend, Friday, into the weekend. So not a lot to talk about as I'm looking on the girls' side. I think there's a game we're going to get to over on the 5A side of things. But um, we'll hit some Tuesday night recaps for now. In 7A, lots of high-ranked action. Number two, Norcross took down number six, Meadow Creek, 65-52. to 52.
0: Yeah, I heard Meadow Creek had a hard time scoring the ball. They had a couple turnovers early. I think I read they had about eight first-half turnovers. Uh, So they they were sloppy with the ball, and Norcross was pretty much in control, not by a huge margin the entire game, but probably kept about an eight to 12-point lead for most of that game. Um, Kyle Sturdivant opened the game and then shut the door really quick. He had eight first-quarter points to get Norcross going and then six in the fourth quarter to close it out. Had a team-high 16 points, and then JoJo Toppin came out very strong to start the second half, just attacking the basket. Uh, He had 15 points, as did Dalvin White, a really good uh, senior point guard who's trying to find a home at the next level. And for Meadow Creek, you know, Jameer Chaplin that he didn't you know, never really got going, had five points in the first half, finished with thirteen, but he's their big dog. He's a guy that should be able to get you eighteen points, six rebounds, four assists. I mean he does everything for them. Uh, Corey Hightower, who is going to Detroit, had a game high twenty for Meadow Creek, but the Mustangs were not able to pick up a huge region seven win. So Norcross sits atop that region.
1: In a battle of the Rams, I think we touched on it in last week's podcast, potentially. Number five, Grayson eked out a victory on the road against number four, Newton, 74-73. to 73.
0: Oh, man, yeah. I was lucky enough to be able to watch that on SUV TV. I was just way, 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 way too swamped to be able to take that one hour, you know, one and a half hour drive to get out there and watch it in person and try and get back home. And By then, it's 11.30, and I got... You know, 500 notifications on my phone to try and sort through, but man, that was that was a back and forth game. I think I don't know if it was the fourth quarter or late third, but Newton went up by about seven on Grayson at one point. And, you know, Grayson, give them credit. It was a back-and-forth game the entire time. They chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. Rico Hall gave them a a one-point or two-point lead, something like that. But, again, back comes Newton. I don't know what really happened. I thought Grayson had it kind of sewn away. It was like, I don't know, 61 to – I mean, they had like a four- or five-point lead with like 30 seconds, 20 seconds left, but then somehow Ashton Hagens is at the line and he's you know he's tying this ball game up or cutting it to one point all this madness so then we you know you fast forward and grayson has a one point lead and who has the ball in their hands only ashton Hagen's the best point guard in the nation probably you know five straight triple doubles and he drives the basket and he runs into kenyon jackson six six shot blocker wide receiver on the football team i mean the newton fans they went crazy the the pa man he went crazy and said some stuff on the, the PA, which was uh, kind of funny. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, so, has but anyway,
1: has rules against that.
0: Yeah, it probably probably was not allowed to say that. But it's all good. It's a motion, you know. Newton is super proud of that team over there. But Kenyon, he went straight up. Now Ashton Higgins, he did go into his body. He did try and create the contact. And you know, if I'm being honest, I was kind of surprised that uh, the referees had enough had enough. Uh, I don't know to say it any you know, uh, what's the correct term, any uh, nicer. But they had enough balls to to not blow that whistle and give him the quote-unquote star call because it could have been close. But from my view, it did look like his arms went straight up. Now, when Ashton went into his body, his arms did come down, you know, a little bit. But from the angle on the SUV TV broadcast, it did not look like there was much contact, if any at all. So I felt like it was... The right call, but I'm very surprised... That a referee in that situation, in that environment, right there with a different angle, was able to say, "Nope, no call, no foul here." And a gutsy call by the referees there. I know Newton was very, very furious, but wow, what a great game for Grayson Nick Edwards, who I've been saying he's one of the the best unsigned point guards in Georgia. I think he's a really good player; be a, a great get for like a Division II school. Had 19 points to lead the way, matched Ashton Hagen's 19 points. Uh, just an overall great game. Over there in region eight
1: quickly we touched on region six i believe it was a 7a all those good teams ranked in the bottom half number eight duluth uh 72 63 over mill creek and number 10 collins hill 49 48 over mountain view we said they're going to play tough and they did um just to finish up that region six thought discovery 86 north connect 69
0: yeah i mean that's 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 what it is mean when you when you talk about region 6 if any team could go i don't know you know i don't know how many games they play consider i don't know if it's a 12 game region schedule or 14 game region schedule something like that but if any team survived that and went like I don't know, 12 and 2 or something, only lost one or two games in that region. They would be a serious, major, major, major big time player to win the state championship because you have played very, 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 very good teams that are all going to beat each other throughout the year. So I don't, I just, I can't foresee anyone winning that region with, uh, uh, any less than like three losses max because they're just all gonna they're all gonna beat each other so whoever's gonna win that region they're gonna have a couple region losses under their belt it's not gonna just be I'm gonna fly right through there I mean Peachtree Ridge is still undefeated right now but. I mean, my goodness, it is just a gauntlet to run through. And that was a great win for Collins Hill beating Mountain View, who we saw Mountain View last week beat Duluth. So here we go. It's tic-tac-toe. They beat them. We beat them. They beat us. It's just crazy over there in Region 6. Just so competitive. And again, don't count out Discovery. I wouldn't be surprised to see them crawl their way back into the top 10 very soon.
1: Looking down the rest of the classifications, looked like it was a pretty straight ship yesterday, Not too many other big upsets or games of note. I talked about a cl- girls game in class five a number eight villarica top number three carrollton sixty seven to sixty.
0: Yeah, that was a huge game that's uh, region seven uh that was a huge game. Carrollton uh losing by seven points number three carrollton. I was talking to some coaches. Uh, I feel like that that region is a little more wide open than just Carrollton and Villarica. So we'll see who ends up coming out of there. But Villarica got 30 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 5 steals from DeAsia Merrill, who has that Georgia Tech offer in tow. And I don't know where she's going to end up going. I think she's, like, honestly, she's just a junior now. But uh, she's got some help with... Aaliyah Hinsman, Kendall Coleman, T. Windham. they got good pieces around her now. And that is a great win for Villarica because Carrollton has been that team that has dominated that region and no one could ever you know, knock them off from their perch. But Villarica, their first crack at them this year, gets a big, big, big win in Region 7. So expect them to take a little trip up the rankings. And Carrollton, we'll see how they do, how they rebound the rest of the week. But they're going to slide down a little bit.
1: Switch it on over to start looking at the action coming up on Friday and over the weekend. On Friday, your peach date stops of the week posted on sandyspiel.com. You have highlighted number seven Swainsboro taken on number four Jefferson Davis in a class two A matchup.
0: Yeah, Jeff Davis. They took a loss last night. They took a loss by Dahlia. Taj Jones put up 30 points on them. So they did uh they did lose a game. So that kind of you know, Knicks is all the the fun and flair, uh, but that's a that's a game I would you know I really love to get to, but shoot, Ramin, it is a it is a Friday night game, a legit four hours away in Hazelhurst, Georgia, four hours away ramin and sadly i don't have anyone to be hopping on recaps to kind of cover my back that night and my goodness even sitting at home last night it was just a, a zoo a zoo of notifi- a zoo of notifications coming in but uh yeah great game uh jeff davis is a real stud jacques kirby i haven't been able to see him yet in person but i just hear great great things about him they got some nice guards in the mix as well but don't sleep on Swainsboro. you know what looking back at it i might have dropped the preseason number one team Swainsboro a little too far because they did lose to who was it Statesboro Statesboro drilled them pretty good and they lost uh, I think to Effingham County so that's a 6A school and a 5A school and they're only a 2A school so I, I hate playing the game of classifications. Well, they're a bigger school than us. We shouldn't beat them. There's no shot we can have to beat them. I I hate thinking that way. I think that's just that's just crummy, a crummy way to think. I think if you're a good team, you're a good team. I don't give a damn what classification you're in. But you know, give them give them credit for playing those tougher teams. They sub uh, Jalen McKinney, who's a first team All State, little fire hydrant guard that averages 28 points per game. Jamel. Jamil Watkins, another interesting 6-5 wing. I would like to see him some more. He's got some upside to his game. And then Eddie Roberts inside a 6-6 shot blocker and rebounder. So Swainsboro and Jeff Davis, that could be a really good one. Expect the winner of that game to really see some love in the rankings. Unless it is Jeff Davis after that loss, they might not jump all the way up there, but they'll be able to maintain a, a pretty nice position in the middle of the standings.
1: On Saturday, you highlighted a couple of tournaments. SEBA's Atlanta Hoop Festival at Pope High School. Looks like they have five games on the docket. Hoover from Alabama is coming over. Also on Saturday, the Gannett Daily Post Metro Atlanta Challenge has what appears to be 16 games spread across three gyms, Archer, Lanier, and Grayson High School. But if you want all that info, it's on the website. Kyle, give me two other games.
0: Two other games. Holy crap. Let's see here. Well, let's go to Saturday uh saturday coming up i think we have the rescheduled matchup showdown between clark central and cedar shoals cedar shoals they were in the state championship last year in class 5a they graduated a lot with flan fleming he's off to where is it college uh uh, charleston southern so they they lost some some pieces, but Tyler Johnson transferred in, Demetrius Glenn transferred in, Quincy Canty transferred in. Those are all sophomores though. They're good sophomores, but they're sitting at two and five right now. They played a tough schedule. They've taken their lumps. They just lost a Heritage uh con by i think it was two points in a really tight game uh last night so draco is you know draco tom's trying to get those guys in the right the right shape i mean take your lumps right now and get ready for the uh for the postseason uh there there were that clear number two behind uh buford in region eight last year but now i mean who knows maybe clark central is that number two team clark central is five and oh now they haven't played as good of teams as Sheeter-Scholes has, but they played played uh, some teams, and they've taken care of business, so that's a team. Uh, I think we had them on our Peach State Stops of the Week, but you know the game got canceled, so push back. So put them back on your Peach State Stops of the Week over there in Athens. And Ramin, if you're in Athens, you got no excuse. I'd better see you at that game. So... I'll let that be known. And then another game, Holy Spirit Prep and Langston Hughes. Very interesting game. Holy Spirit Prep could be the second-best team in the entire state of Georgia, but they don't play in the GHSA, so you don't hear about them as much. Very talented team with Anthony Edwards is just a prolific scorer. And, of course, who does Langston Hughes have? The defending 6A state champions, Landers Nolly still in the mix over there, and he's getting some help from his friends. So that should be a very interesting interesting game to see if Langston Hughes has enough firepower to knock off Holy Spirit Prep.
1: I think that about does it for my list this week. Kyle, of course, as we mentioned earlier, and as you guys all know, it's a bit abbreviated due to the snow pushing back a lot of games. Um Teams are going to get that rescheduled, but there's still a lot of basketball left to be played. Of course, we'll be back with you next week for the discussion of the Week 5 rankings and all the storylines from across the GHSA as we head into the Christmas break. Um, On Twitter, uh, SandySpiel.com. Twitter is SandySpiel, and of course the website, SandySpiel.com, for the recaps and all the nightly highlights and the different features we do rankings release sunday and monday for boys and girls respectively and we'll be back with you next week